Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Mic checks one, mic checks one. Energies, energies, energies. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the kids. Welcome back to the Pat. How are you, Pat? This Pat? Doing just fine. Yeah. How are you doing? Pretty good. This is Pat's last week before he goes off into paradise. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell the kids where you're going for a little stretch here? Well, first off, this is going to be my last podcast is a single man mm, yeah true getting, getting hitched then uh escape in the country so i'll be i guess what they say out of pocket <laughs> <laughs> you already have po- your uh... i'll be out of pocket for a couple weeks so i think would you say you're getting some replacements for me yeah i mean we're just replacements we're just lining up uh, you think they're replacements but just for like a temporary thing but in reality they are like i'm testing them for your full-time replacement right 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 yeah so yeah that'll be sweet i'll be back here uh just working miserable per usual so enjoy that shit i'll be listening i'll be listening to this podcast i'm expecting quality i'm expecting quality so you'll also have to watch you know You'll have to keep following along the episodes. Yeah. So, like, intern Whitney, I hope she's going to be cool with oh, you watching no, we'll One be Tree in, Hill. We'll be in a Paris hotel watching yeah. One Tree Hill yeah. for a couple hours at least every day. Yeah. Um, okay, so, housekeeping. Give our shit. VicariousLivingPod at gmail.com and VicariousLivingPodcast on Instagram. So, um, you said we got an email from a kid this week. We did. Um, yeah. We got an email from a listener, uh, and it's Eric B. from Austin, Texas. Mm. So thanks for your email, Eric. Um, and he basically he just gave us some tips on how to improve the podcast audio-wise, suggested maybe we get some Skype going. I think that was maybe a subtle hint to get him on the pod. Hey, maybe he wants to get on the pod, but yeah, I, I would love to get uh, Eric B. on via Skype. Um, yeah, Skype was something that... I was like 30% sure that I could make it work and get someone to call in. And then um, it just, that kind of fizzled. And so I just, I've taken the pot on the road anytime we want to have a guest. I have to actually fly or drive somewhere if we have a guest. So yeah, Eric and B. those help- expenses are adding up. I mean, obviously we're crushing it financially, but you know, those, those trips do, yeah. those trips really do eat into the budget. The yeah, they do. Budget. They do. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it to get the, the perspective of the kids out East. You know, we still need to get some kids out West, but yeah, maybe we'll go down South, either take it on a road trip, Friday night lights, territory, geography down mm-hmm. in Austin, or we'll have Eric B. figure out the Skype for us. That sounds good. Anyways, always yeah. appreciate the email and appreciate the uh, the tips. Thanks, Eric B. Um, I also got some, we need to do some uh, stack corrections. We should actually just start every podcast, not only with um, our housekeeping, but also with stack corrections from what we fucked up on. Okay. Turns out, and this is from Megan O, a previous guest on this pod. Big One Tree Hill fan. She says, one, um... It's not Jake, 
Chikowski, you fucking idiot. Damn it. It's Jigelski. Jigelski? Yeah. Yeah. So he got an MVP last week and you didn't even get his name right. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jake. Um, also, she wanted to uh, clarify that Letterman jackets do very much exist. Oh, really? That still plays? In the public school scene, it does. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess, like, the jocks and the cool kids still wear yeah. their Letterman jackets? Yeah. Do, if you were a nerd or you were somebody who wanted to be a social climber in high school, why wouldn't you just go onto your high school catalog and pay the $175? Well, dude, they know when they don't see you out on the field cracking skulls and scoring buckets. They know that you're not on the team. But you could just wear the jacket. Outside of like, high school, yeah. Like, you could wear it to, like, you know, your parents are, you know, going out to dinner on a Friday night to Applebee's. You could wear it then, and then just, like, the patrons of Applebee's will think, this kid must be playing sports. <laughs> but, um, no, she sent me a picture of her in high school with a Letterman jacket on. Because <laughs> <laughs> she played, like, basketball and stuff. And nice. It was funny. So, yeah, um, I guess that was happening in our school. Everyone was too cool for Letterman jackets, though, I guess. One more other piece of awesome feedback. We got our first parenting feedback this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some real solid, like, mom feedback from mom listeners. We're talking, like, moms, like, our mom's age. Like, Not, real, like real moms. Well, don't say that, dude. You can't say that. There's real moms who are our age. Oh, yeah, but I think of them as, like, our age moms, you know? <laughs> okay, there's so a, we're, we're talking real moms. There's still real moms, but you know what I'm saying. Like, we're, real Yeah, moms. I know what you're saying. Um, so we like got moms. some great feedback. Um, a couple moms from Podcast Guests, and uh, one of the feedbacks was from um, Mrs. J, and she said she kept saying she wants to come on the podcast, but she said... In order for her to do that, we need to rant. We need to like dial it down, like ten to fifteen percent, on the inappropriate level. Been trying. We've been trying. It's tough. So it's tough because then it's like anytime I want to say dick, cock, balls, fuck, shit, bitch, whatever you want, cock, balls. Okay, I'm just proving a point. You don't have to celebrate it, Frank. You censor yourself in your head. Yeah, so like when Mrs. J comes on, I won't say dick, cock, balls, ass. Right, 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 right. I'll just say like wiener, Wiener. butts, butts, and testicles, balls. (laughs) I feel like that's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. Just to do like a PG-13 version. Yeah, so we'll work that out. Um, Okay, that's it on the housekeeping and the feedback. Should we get into... O-T-H. Uh, I'd say we should. Tonight, episodes four and five. Episode four, Crash Into You. Episode five, Where I End and You Begin. Episode four um, starts off, we uh, we realize that Nathan has a mom now. Uh, yeah, he mom's was, in the mix. I was kind of thinking for a while that maybe he was just born into this world like... In that Michael Keaton movie where he's a dad, like he's a pregnant dad. Oh, Mr. like you Mom say, like Dan had him, like yeah. just yeah, like I he, can see that. Yeah, because 
up to this point, it was like Dan just got pregnant and had a son and Nathan had no mom, but now we find out he does and she just travels a lot. Yeah, seemingly <laughs> the mom's excuse for not being around is that she travels too much for work. Yeah. But we don't really know what she does. She works for some kind of a charity. Yeah, they said foundation. A foundation? Maybe she like runs it, she owns it, um, she's an ambassador for it, that's why she's got to travel a lot maybe. It's- seemingly the the scots are like a like a dual income household where they're both pulling down some cash some serious cash and they were saying that she travels like 10 10 days a month which is that's it's quite a bit sizable um by the way that's one of those things like i would say when you're in college about to graduate and you read like a like a, a job posting or something and when they say 50 to 70 percent travel like when you're still in college, that yeah. sounds like a like a perk, like yeah. something that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as you've been working for X number of years, that I will just immediately click out of that. There's nothing I'd want to do less than travel 75% of my life. Hey, I hope that uh, your employers are listening to this and hearing that you're looking at a lot of job postings. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Well, rest assured, employers... A lot of people want you to fly around the country these days. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a whole thing. So that is something that, yeah, it used to be appealing. And now I'm someone who travels, I would say maybe like it's probably a 25, 30% clip. I feel like that. That's reasonable. I could get down with that. Yeah. I mean, I would say it's like one, but it's only for a day or two. So I would say once every like two or three weeks, I fly somewhere for like a day or two. And, uh, I don't mind it still at that clip. Um, it's not bad, but I can only imagine if you have kids and stuff, that, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that just becomes a nightmare. Um, uh, by the way, you still fl- uh, like increasingly afraid of airplanes with every flight you take? No, I, well... Or did you beat it? I feel like I'm now overcoming it. Um, yeah, I took a weird approach with flying where I went my whole life never afraid of flying at all. And then all of a sudden I tra- started traveling a ton for work. Had one bad, 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 like, experience turbulence-wise. Yeah. Like, flying through thunderstorms and, like, the plane kept, like, had, like sinking, you know, that... Oh, where they just dropped. Like, yeah, just dropped. Feet. Yeah. yeah. And we had to keep circling because the weather was too bad to land. So we're just in the air circling Seattle, like, five times to wait till it to pass. I had one of those and then, yeah, for like a year or two straight, every time I get on a plane, I just have PTSD from that one. So the more I fly, the more like frazzled I get apparently, but it's starting to subdue a little bit. I was actually just um, on a, a flight like two weeks ago and this girl sitting next to me, our age. I'm intrigued. Go on. She was a wreck. Like... The turbulence wasn't even bad. Like it would literally just like a little minor bump and she she would be like, Jesus Christ! She would like put her hands on her head. She would like, she kept putting both hands up on the seat in front of her and like gripping, like white knuckle gripping it. And um, I just, I just kept wanting to be like, hey, hey, lady, I am hanging on by a thread. <laughs> so like, I need you to be my rock. I am not. She kept looking at me and I just kept thinking like. She, I think she wanted you to hold her hand. I, you guys should have done like a totally platonic handhold just to get each other through the situation. Oh, my, like a nice, mile high club? 
No, a handhold, dude. <laughs> hand job? Hold. A mile high hand job. I mean, maybe once the takeoff happens, you can see where it develops. From once there, the but... turbulence goes away. Uh huh. <laughs> so, anyway, she just. I just <laughs> think about how creepy that would be if you reached out and you're like, hey. I don't you know, want you. Yeah. grabbed her. Yeah. I just kept. You'll be okay. She kept staring at me, like looking at me anytime we had a bump, and I, she was looking at me like, uh, are you seeing that? Are you feeling this too? My move is I just stare at the flight attendants. And if their faces don't change, like they're fine with it, then I'm totally fine. Like if I see a flight attendant a little freaked out, then... uh, You're going down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so anyways, um, side tangent over, Nathan does finally have a mom. She travels a lot. (laughs) Oh yeah, I forgot we were doing a podcast about Montreal. Um, Cool. You know what? We are doing a podcast, so let's put a clip in here. This is a clip of Whitey. We got a lot of fucking whitey this week. A lot. Some would say too much. I'd say everyone would say too much. But um, let's just let's play this clip of whitey coaching in a basketball game because I thought this was interesting. Here it is. Damn it, this is a team, not a Chinese fire drill. Scott, you're playing selfish. Get out there and pretend you know each other. All right, let's try to get it together. Ravens on three. One, two, three. Whitey coaching just it feels like a guy who knows nothing about sports, uh-huh. let alone basketball, which is what he's being paid to act like he is a coach of. He honestly, when when I was hearing dribble him, it, <laughs> dribble it, <laughs> dribble, shoot the baskets, shoot. take it from them, take it from them. They gotta take it from them. Are you gonna play some man defense, guys? Yeah, like. It's just when he was coaching, I honestly had a feeling of, you know, when you're watching like um, TNT basketball games or, you know, you're watching a game on TV and they always do that mic'd up of the coach. So context, those mic'd up with the coaches, they're vetted. So like coaches and, and player, everyone's always concerned if you're mic'd up that like they will air a lot of things. You could air cussing. Like, you talking shit to someone. You could air, like, if you're giving game plans, like, you're strategizing, and then someone relays that down to the other team or whatever. So, whenever you get them mic'd up, it's always, like, this vanilla, like, it's just a clip of the coach after he's done giving the plays or whatever. He's just going, like, come on, guys. Tough it up. Let's play smart out there. Smart ball. And then they end the clip. Like, it's always a bunch of nothing burger you on get, the You clips. get no X's and O's. You, you, you don't even get any, you get no substance. It's just a bunch of filler that they just, okay, we can air that. That's how I feel when I watch Whitey Coach. Um, let's just save our other Whitey thoughts for later because he'll keep coming back. I just mainly wanted to touch that, but I have a whole Whitey rant later that we can both revel in. I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, speaking of moms, Lucas's mom is back in the mix. Um, Going back, speaking back to to moms, yeah, because we were just speaking about a white old man. No, we're going back to moms. Okay, so speaking of previously spoken about moms, Pre- <laughs> okay, I uh, just want to touch real quick. I think you talked about how bad of a mom Lucas's mom seemingly is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This episode starts off with her just totally forgetting to pay the water bill. <laughs> it's like. That's like what we would do in college. I would say like <laughs> Lucas's mom is overrated as a mom. Like 
in society. Yeah. Because when I watch this back, I'm like, I think she sucks as a mom. She's struggling. <laughs> like, I mean, it sucks because it's single mom, so she's she's doing, got a lot on her plate. I think that's. What I mean, granted, she's yeah. got a lot on her plate. Yeah. Uh, she also tries to make him. So first of all, the I guess this was just confusing to me, so I need to bring it up. They she forgets to pay the water bill or something with the water turns off. Maybe that's it. The water turns off. And there's a pipe broken or something. Yeah, pipe burst. Classic. So she's just like, oh, what are you doing on Saturday, Lucas? You just go out in the front yard and just dig up the yard and replace this pipe for us? It should be that hard. It's pretty easy. Hard. It's it's pretty easy. Just dig it up. Literally, you got to dig a 15-foot ditch. Not bad. And then you got to get in there. Get all dirty. Get in there on your Saturday, your free time, son. And you just dig it out. Yeah, I, you dig the pipe out, you it's idiot. Like, like electricians and plumbers are like the most specialized <laughs> trades. For yeah. a reason, because it's like hard, complicated work that if you mess it up, you will really damage your house. Yeah. She just like gets her 16-year-old son digging in the front yard. That was one of those classic... Bad idea, Mom. Uh, yeah, bad parenting. Um, way to go. Lucas's mom, who we just refuse to remember her name. What's her name? Lucas's mom. Yeah. It's just one of those classic things that that did remind me of being in high school because that that happened a lot where you would get like a chore from your parents who just clearly they didn't want to do something like on a Saturday because they've been working all week and like raising kids and doing everything for the family. But still, like when you're in high school and you get that request like, hey, Brian, this Saturday, pulling weeds. All of them. Uh, And it's just like, what? Uh. And you don't even have any stake in it. Like now, every Saturday for me, owning a house, I'm like doing shit. Like I'm out in the backyard. See all these bug bites? Yeah. I got like literally hundreds of bug bites. See those? They're actually going away. I had about 30 of them. A little known thing about you, you just redid your entire kitchen. Yourself. It was a labor of love. Yeah. So like now doing those things because you own the house and you have some stake in it. Yeah, it's it's kind of exciting and fun. Like, yeah, it still sucks. It sucks. But it's definitely nowhere as bad as like being told to do it. It's a, yeah, it's a good suck. It's like, yeah, I feel like I'm getting something out of this. I I wonder if there's any kids out there that like get satisfaction out of. No, no, that's an easy answer. No. Just like, (laughs) like, hey, can you go run the weed eater around the driveway? It's like, you know what? I will. And when I'm done, that driveway's going to look great. Yeah. I think that just... I'm going to take so much personal pride in it. I'm actually going to really do my best. I'm not going to do the quick job. You just literally don't have that satisfaction muscle until you uh, either rent or own your own home. No. No. Um, Anyways. (coughs) Okay, moving on. So... Let's get into the plot of this sh- of this uh, episode four. Nathan starts out. Nathan invites Lucas to a beach house party. Mm-hmm. Post game. It was just odd to me that during this beach house party scene, they've got this awesome house on the North Carolina beach that just apparently just goes unused except for high school parties when the parents aren't there. Yeah, like why would you have two houses in the same small town? If I'm them, I'm just living in that beach house. Yeah, it was really weird. It was like, um, I get, you think should... a beach house, like, hey, get get one in Florida. Like, you have a beach house in Florida, and you live in the Midwest, or you, you uh, like, in the OC, they would always, like, sometimes have houses in, like, Palm Springs. Like, hey, we got one in Palm Springs, even though we live in L.A., 
It's like, you know, however many hours drive away, you kind of get away. So, yeah, it was weird to, like, just have it down the street. I was trying to think if there was anything that would get in the way of the plot of just having that be, like, Nathan's parents were out of town or something. He had a party. Yeah. I'd, I'd, like, it, what, that would have been so much easier. Dude, oh, my God. Nathan's I, parents are out of town. We're having a party there. Yeah. Shit happens. Yeah. Yeah, like, shit happens, like, um, when they're at this party playing the I Never game. Oh, yeah. So, also some... What is it called? Never Have I Ever also in some circles? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we played this... We had one um, one that I distinctly remember experience playing the Never Have I Ever. This game's just the worst. It's the fucking worst. Like, I've never had fun playing it, and... What what what's the upside of that game? You find out you essentially find out if who are is the massive slut in the crew. Well, I'm talking about guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about dudes, not girls. Kid ladies, <laughs> relax. You find out who's sucking the most dick in the in the crew. They're not sluts. But you find out who's sucking the most dick. You also find out, like, who's just getting no, no action. Yeah. And I remember our experience playing that game. We started playing it, and we were uh, freshmen in college. As, as, as all of our listeners know, we were coming off a high school experience of just getting, like, next to none ladies. We were pretty green. We were pretty green. And we started playing this game, and we all started dating these girls when we got to college in the same friend crew. Um, you are no longer with that girl in that crew. Our other friend is no longer with her, but I am married to that girl now who <laughs> I started dating that. But her and all of her friends started having us play this game, Never Have I Ever, or whatever. And they were all way more experienced than us. And so, like... I just remember specifically one of the most strategic, awesome moves of my life is they put all of the questions on cards and like ahead of time, I knew that they were gearing up to play the game one night and I had already played it with them like once or twice, looked like an idiot with them laughing at like the things that we have not done. And so I went, got the stack of cards and literally i think i did it with someone else was it you uh does not sound familiar but it might I've have been read. someone else <laughs> we went up got the stack of cards before the game took them into the bathroom and literally went through the entire stack and pulled out all the ones that we knew we were gonna not drink to and that would just be really embarrassing nice saved the fuck out of us dude if you didn't even know about that yeah big <laughs> thanks Thank big you. thanks to me <laughs> Yeah, so uh, just seeing that them play that game in this show, it, it really brought back some, you know, some serious memories. PTSD memories. Mm-hmm. Fucking hate that game. <laughs> um, should we get a clip in here? Sure. I, I, I gotta say, at that same party, there was one of my favorite moments that happened. And it's uh, one, of this, one of the kids in Nathan's crew making this comment. In this clip, here it is. Nathan, I can't believe your parents don't have any decent porn. Fuck, dude, where's your parents' porn? Your parents don't have any porn? <laughs> I mean, that's a legitimate question. I love that clip because that, what they do in these shows is they have 
all the teens always living like a life like they're mid-20s or in their 30s. Like they're just adults living teenage lives. But I love those throwaway comments because it's clearly like the producers being like, we can't, we got to get some real teen stuff, like what actually happens with teens. (laughs) And I thought that one was hilarious because that's so classic, like just some drunken dude at a party when someone's trying to find like a video or a movie and he's just yelling like, where's all the porn your parents have? Yeah, you do need that guy to remind you that you're still like at a high school party. Yeah. So where does this party rank for you in terms of realistic high school party with our other shows? We talked about how we thought Friday Night Lights was pretty realistic for like a Texas after a football game party. OC is off the map unrealistic. Yeah, it's yeah. This one seemed pretty real. I thought this one was again just like the whole our whole thought process of One Tree Hill. I think it's in between the OC and Friday Night Lights. I don't think it's as real as Friday Night Lights, but it's not as outlandish as the OC. It's it's in the middle. It's I like thought kids drinking out of solo cups, playing drinking yeah. games. Yeah. They didn't have the like the classic stoners on the couch, which I always love. Yeah. But but what they did have was I thought Brooke and that and some of the side characters carried themselves like perfectly for a high school party. Like when Brooke was just like walking down the stairs and she was like struggling, I thought that was like spot on how it actually is at high school parties. You just get so blacked out and then like you just see so many people who are just struggling to make the simplest movements. But yeah, I love that. I like that. I like Nathan's crony though. Because he is like that, he's that stereotypical guy that the producers have that's just like, hey, you're not going to have any good lines, guy. It's just essentially, we're going to have you here to just keep everyone grounded that these kids are actually like 16. That's all. That's the only reason you're here. Um, at this party, Nathan is in rare form. Like, he's always kind of an asshole, but this party is just something to behold. Dude, he is relentless with <laughs> the know. bullying. It would just be exhausting. So, our aforementioned Never Have I Ever game, there's this line, and I don't know if you want to play it. Yeah, well, yeah, I should play it. Pop that clip in there. My turn. Oh, let's see. Um, I've never... I've never had a dad that wished I was a stay on bed sheets. Um, so his infamous weird stain on the sheets comment after he invites Lucas to the party and Lucas comes thinking it's going to be like, you know, maybe they're making more of an effort to make him part of the team and becomes clearly evident that that's not the case. Nope. When confronted about this, he's like, I was just kidding around, you know, guy stuff. (laughs) It's It's just dudes being dudes. All right. And then there's this, also this weird moment after that happens where, uh, Lucas smolders at him for a couple seconds after that comment is made, and it's like, oh shit, is this about to be a fight? And then he walks over to him, puts his drink down, whispers in his ear, "Then welcome to mine." Yeah, and we like we had to rewind it because we we're like, what? I still don't did get that? It. Did that like make sense? Was that like a sweet slam? Or in my mind, it was like I totally related to it because. In any confrontational moment like that, I always say like something dumb, like just a f- like oh like you like think a, it was a like, fuck up yeah like an accidental fuck up no I, in my mind it was just like if somebody's talking shit to you 
Like, as soon as you walk away, yeah. you think of a 10 out of 10 line, like, oh, God, I could have fucking brought the house yeah. down and just, uh, yeah. just owned him. But in all reality, what comes out of my mouth is about a 4 out of 10 line. Yeah. And so I was just like, oh, did he just deliver a 4 out of 10? Or was that, did I misinterpret that line? <clears throat> I think he delivered a 10 out of 10. We just couldn't hear it. And even though we rewound it like three times, we we should have put subtitles on to hear it. But yeah, yeah Nathan... It gives him a, such a, a fucking mad jab of like you're my dad's cum stain essentially. Yeah. Who he just didn't make it to the bed. On and the I was waiting stain. for like a Lucas comeback like in the classroom when he said Peyton was lonely and like he just dominates, but he's just like walks over and you're like oh shit what's he gonna say and he says then welcome to mine. He says something like that and yeah we 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 couldn't get it but either way I I think. That it was meant that he did say something impactful because just the his body language, the way he did it, he leaned in and like yeah. whispered into his ear, like, "Hey, bitch, I'm not like you, where I'm only like saying all this shit to get the like the get the crowd into it and like oh, laughing yeah. and the, stuff." Okay, I'm with you. Like uh, this comment is just for you. Yeah, like I don't need, I don't need a show for this, bitch. I'm gonna say this into your ear because I want you to know that, fuck you. Between you and I, fuck you. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I was just like, like, say something shitty to me right now, and I'll, I'll do essentially what Lucas did. You have such a tiny little dick, bitch. Yeah. Only on the weekends. <laughs> and it's just something where you walk away and you're like, what the fuck? God damn it. Why that did I say that? didn't make any sense. Why did I say I only have a tiny dick on the weekends? Fuck. I should have said something like, not as tiny as your dick. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, dude, that's that is totally in the ramping it down by like ten to fifteen percent that Mrs. J wants us to do. She don't want us to do that, dude. We need to keep that in check. <laughs> Sorry, um, Mrs. J. So then, just plot points. Nathan goes out that night. He dri- he drunkenly uh, drives Peyton's car, wrecks it. He does this thing where um, he just starts walking away. Uh, fortuitously, uh, Lucas sees that he wrecked the car. While driving his tow truck. While driving his tow truck and tries to get Nathan to do the right thing and like call the cops that he wrecked a car when he was drunk. And the way they edited that, it was all about like Lucas is the hero because he's doing the right thing and telling him to call the cops and, like, get this taken care of the right way. And honestly, the whole time I was just thinking, like, I feel like I'm a, I, you know, my morals are pretty good. Like, they're pretty solid. But I was on, I was not on Lucas's side. I'm not saying I was totally on Nathan's side in that. But, like, how I would have pr- approached it is, like, hey, Lucas, bitch, like, let's take care of this. I'll take care of it. Like, I'll get the car out of here or I'll help you tow it somewhere. But, like, let's not get the cops involved. But the the thing is, it's, a like, a full-on crime situation. Like, a hit-and-run where he I know, but no one, got, no one got hurt. And it was, like, it was, a, it was a bad, bad situation. But it's, like, let's clean up this bad situation. Just the two of us. We'll, we'll let that guy who we hit his parked car and he's not here. We'll, like, let's write him a note. We'll take care of the damage. We'll make this all right. But let's make this all right without getting the cops involved. 
Um, yeah, I don't think Nathan was going to have any of that. He was full. No, he was he fully wasn't. committed to just pinning it on Peyton because it was her car registered to her, and he was going to walk away from it and let her deal with the fallout. Yeah, that's why I poor decision making. They, the it was too too extremes, and I would have fallen somewhere in the middle. Nathan's extreme was like, let's just walk away from this and leave <laughs> these smoking cars sitting here, like for someone else to worry about. And Lucas went too much in the high road. I would have gone somewhere in the middle i think um the other i would say the third action in his wild party uh or i should just say horrible behavior of an evening nathan finds like an old home movie yeah in the collection of old movies that was clear that was mentioned earlier about the porn thing yep so they have this stack of old vhs tapes home movies home movies and he puts in one in front of the whole party where I have no idea how this was still laying around, but it was a old video back from when his dad and Lucas's mom were in high school, like at prom or something. Yeah. And it was like his mom going on and on about how they're probably going to get married and have a Lucas's big house. Lucas's mom. Lucas's mom. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, they're going to like plan a future together and everything. And he basically just does that to uh, pretty much try to rip lucas's heart out again i don't understand i i don't get it why is that why is lucas why does that make lucas look bad the fact that like his mom used to date this guy and they had sex and had a kid why is nathan playing the video of his dad with his ex-girlfriend and, like, why is that a burn on Lucas? Yeah, Wouldn't I don't that know. just make Nathan feel weird? <laughs> I guess. Like, think about it. You, think, would think, you would think they should both feel as equally weird about the whole situation. If we were at a party at your house and, like, someone found an old home movie and it was, like, a home movie of your dad back in high school, Mr. H, yeah. back in high school with an ex-girlfriend who is not your current mom, and they're, like hanging out partying saying like yeah prom and all this stuff how hard would your stomach hurt it's like is uh, a 10 or just like how weird would you feel like i don't need to see this like i know for me i would feel if i saw like my my dad in an old video with some chick back in 1978 at prom and it's not my mom, I would just feel really uncomfortable and weird and want it off. I don't think I don't think I would. I think it was more just like it No, like, I'm talking about from Nathan's perspective. Well, You're it, Nathan. In, in, in this. Nathan's perspective, I think he just knew that it would burn Lucas. Like he didn't care about himself. He had probably seen the video already. That's why he knew it was there and to put it in. I know. But he knew at- like in Lucas's mind. Like his mom had probably told him this mythology of like, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't even like him, whatever, and that was what he had in his mind, and he had to confront this whole weird thing of like his mom really did like yeah, this damn guy. Totally, I, I totally get it from that perspective. I'm now asking you personally. Oh, if I <laughs> were to pull that move, and yeah, Lucas? I get it. How it happened in One Tree Hill. I'm asking you if you're living in your life, how just weird would that be to see that? It would just be weird, I would think. I don't know. It's hard to put myself in those shoes. Probably, uh... Have you never seen, uh... I, I, the only thing I've ever had close is when uh, going through old photo albums, um, there was, like, one picture 
in a really old one, like not even in an album. It was like in a stack of multiple pictures that we were just going through. And it was just a guy standing next to a motorcycle. And um, I, is, I, I showed it to my mom, I'm like, mom, who's this? And she grabbed it and she's like, oh God, I don't even know why that's in there. That should not, that, it was just some guy she had dated in high school. Cool motorcycle guy. It's, yeah, cool motorcycle guy. And she just grabbed it and she's like, no, that that's just weird that it's in there. Your dad would be like weirded out if he saw that and it's just weird. So she just <laughs> took it and like threw it away. But I did, I remember feeling like that, it, that was weird. Grand, okay, point taken. Point taken. Um, okay, let's let's wrap up with a clip here of Lucas handling all that shit and the aftermath of that party with um, him freaking out on his mom afterwards, taking all of his anger out on her. Here it is. Look those guys, Nathan. Nathan and his ass of a father. They do whatever they want. And they screw everybody else in the process. And yet you and I, we stand by and we let them. You should have made him give us what we were entitled to so that we didn't have to live like this. Should have made him pay. He's pissed off at Nathan for embarrassing him with that video. But he's like also weirdly pissed off at a 17-year-old version of his mom for having fun at a <laughs> yeah, prom with yeah. her boyfriend. Yeah. And I, it seems a bit absurd to me that he's mad at his mom with this. And he's like, you didn't tell me this? You didn't tell me you had plans to, like, marry your boyfriend and you talked about it? It's like, well, wouldn't you just assume that guy? Yeah. And uh, yeah. I forget what he says, but at a certain point, he tries to go to, like, a like a, like a sixth gear pissed off. Mm-hmm. Where, like, like, a Ryan Atwood, we would always talk about it, where he would do this low growl. Where he's like, Ooh! And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. It's, whoa. It's you're scary. about to beat yeah. a woman. <laughs> Where Lucas tries to hit that gear and uh, he just doesn't have it. He doesn't His have voice it. goes up real high and it's not intimidating at all. He no. Just... No. And it, it's it's unfortunate because I got to say, like, there was nothing better. There, There's... So he, I feel like that's why he smolders. Yeah. He demonstrates his anger by lowering his eyelids a little bit and just kind of staring. Yes. He doesn't have it vocally. No. Like some people would have like a vocal anger. He more has like a smoldering bore a hole through yeah. his skull eye smolder. Yeah. So two things. One, I think you got to lean into what you're good at. He, Lucas, Chad Michael Murray is a smolderer and he's good as fuck at it. Yeah. I mean, you and I could never smolder like that guy smolders. Tried. We've tried. We don't have it. But the second thing is it's kind of unfortunate because... There was nothing better than like when something bad happened and like Ryan Atwood found out about it. Like when he found out that Trey sexually assaulted his girlfriend, Trey's brother, it was like, oh fuck. It's on. Oh yeah. And it was always led into with like everyone being like, don't tell Ryan, dude, don't tell him. Like he might kill someone. Yeah, don't, don't tell him. And then he found out. And then you and the audience are just like, oh, fuck. Yeah, so Ryan was a horrible actor, horrible. obviously. Bad. But I did feel like he did have that element of danger where if, like he, everybody's just like, oh, shit. He's a hopefully, loose cannon, hopefully dude. Hopefully he doesn't actually hurt someone. Where I don't think Lucas has that. Uh, no, I think Lucas would get his ass beat in any fight. 
I mean, just hearing his, how he... Especially if he fought his mom in that scene. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Karen's definitely... that. I just remembered as we were talking, Karen is her name. Okay, Karen. Karen's her name. Karen would definitely beat the shit out of her son, no doubt about it. Um, let's play a song. Let's get a song in here. Matthew Ryan returned to me. Another one of our great so montage moments, dude. Yeah, I think we got a triple montage here. Triple montage, you got. You got Haley, who's thinking about all the Nathan stuff. She's starting to catch some feelings. Mm-hmm. You got Nathan, who is uh, brooding just about probably his dad. Who cares? And then the main one, though, is that Peyton, because it's post-breakup. Yep. And I love this song, Post-Breakup. It's big. It's big deal. Like, I, I was really glad when I saw that they broke up. Yeah, good riddance. I mean, that relationship, it never made sense. And it only made it four episodes. But, like, it just, the whole time we were watching it, we kept asking, like, why are these two dating? It was frustrating. They clearly have nothing in common. They don't like each other at all. There's no mutual respect. They don't have a good flirt. Nathan's not hot. No. And you, you, God, you made a lot of comments about his acne in this episode. Yeah. There. And they're trying to cover it up with makeup, and it's Uh like not working. I feel bad for him. You know, I live that life. I live that lifestyle. It's tough. Yeah, that acne lifestyle. Know it well. It's tough, and uh, it's probably even tougher if you're on, like, one of the number one shows in America. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can tell they're trying to cover it up with, like, makeup all the time, and it just But, like, doesn't. makeup, for me at least, I don't, I feel like I'm pretty good at spotting when someone has makeup cake all over their face. Yeah. Especially if they're in a basketball uniform. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks fucking weird. All right, yeah. I got a question for you. Would you say, okay, worst relationship... Nathan and Peyton, mm. or Nathan's dad, Dan, and his wife. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she, we got a lot in uh, Nathan's mom in this episode. They injected her hard. Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's another one where I just have no idea. But see, like in that one, I'm going to at least I I can I can rest assured that they've been married for over 20 years. So like their disconnect. It's like a little more palatable because at least I'm like, well, you know, what do you expect? They've been married 20 years. They expect like sh- he comes home from a long day of work and she's like got dinner on the table, like running over to him, jumping into his arms. Like it's, it's just... not, well, it's not so much that for me. It's like Dan's clearly evil. It, clearly. And, and they're raising a shithead son and the mom is just acting like, oh shit, I've been out of town too much. Yeah. <laughs> just like, what? No, for sure. She's definitely to blame in some of this. Yeah. She's trying to put it all on Dan. And I don't blame her because, yeah, Dan is a psychopath. And I don't... don't He needs to be checked. He needs to be checked. He needs to be checked for sure. And I I did like that they brought her in because it was like the first time so far this year that we've seen anyone like keeping Dan in check. Yeah. Like, come on. There's got to be someone 
who he like fears a little He's bit. He's been running rampant all over this oh town. With God, no repercussions. Yeah. Just leaving Tree Hill, North Carolina, in his wake. So like every every scene with because he's such an idiot, Dan is, and the the Nathan's mom seems like actually a good person. Yeah. So like every scene, I was just waiting for her to divorce him, <laughs> <laughs> to just kind of snap to and realize like, oh, this guy's six years old. <laughs> yeah, this guy. <laughs> Is not a human. <laughs> yeah, no, I. It's a good question, though. I think, what what relationship do I? What was the question? But clearly, uh, uh, pe- who? Which relationships worse? Oh, I, I think if I got to go worse, I am gonna say Nathan and Peyton because, at least I can think when I see Dan and um, Dan's wife, <laughs> whatever her name is. At least when I see them, I can at least fall back on maybe they did have a connection at some point and it's just soured a little bit through 20 years or whatever. Maybe. Who knows? With Peyton, you guys are 16 and a half. This is as good as it gets if you are in, like, so just. Hey, guys. Hey, 16 and a half year olds. How about you enjoy each other's company? Yeah. Maybe. For 10 minutes. Everything is fresh and new when you're 16 and a half. So like when you start dating a girl when you're that age, it's like everything you're doing for the first time. So it makes everything you do that much more amazing. So the fact that they're having this much problem. It pretty much is summed up when she does finally break up with him. And she lays out this amazing case with like five to six really good talking points as to why he sucks and why she's <laughs> dumping him. And then he goes... Why don't you give me a call in a couple of days when your PMS wears off? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? That was a classic. That actually, the dude, that, get out of here. I lo- I like that well, comment though because it was a classic idiot seventeen-year-old dude comment of like <laughs> clearly has no idea what's going on and just it's got to be the PMS, right? <laughs> um, okay, last thing I want to say about episode four, then we'll get into five. Um, Haley's hat. I have in my notes that this episode should have been called The Ugly Hat. Mm. Probably because for a lot of deep reasons, too. A lot of deep reasons. So why don't you describe the hat? Um, and then we'll get into it. Bowler hat? Is that what it is? Cotton? It's like a green wool, green <laughs> wool hat. It's like made out of the same material as those like fuzzy, comfy, wear around the house, sitting on the couch socks. That you like couldn't put shoes over. Yeah, they're you know too what I'm thick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, but it's like in a green hat, and uh, she. I mean, is it like a bowler still, hat? Is that what we'll call it? Yeah, I guess we. No, a bowler hat's like got a brim on it, and is that's it a like a chimney hat, sweep hat. So it's a bowler hat with it's, no brim uh-huh. that is wool green and built like no shoe could ever get on its socks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the most, and she wears it out to a high school party. She definitely wears it out. I mean, she still look, like somehow overcomes it and is looking really good. Yeah. But the hat's doing her no favors. And so we've talked about this before in different episodes, but it's a classic Chekhov's hat situation. Mm-hmm. where we Just see remind, this... remind the kids what that Chekhov's hat would mean. Gladly. So... Oh, were you going to do that? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I actually was going to breeze right over it. But I forget what episode we talked about this in. Um, but it was definitely like the OC times yeah. where there's like a, like a writing trope or a writing theory that if you see a gun in the first act, like if somebody pulls a gun off the wall and like shows it and it's shown on the screen that by the third act, 
that gun's gonna go off. It's kind of like one of those things. Like everything in a it, in, in a show should be done for a reason. And exactly, we had the same feeling about this with the hat. Like the hat comes on screen, me and you look at each other like. <laughs> Oh my god. It's so bad. This hat is such a poor choice. It's so bad and ugly. It's so glaring. It's gotta come back. Like, this hat has to be a bigger deal than just her wearing this hat to the party. Yeah, she wouldn't just wear it organically and then never wear it again. And it sure does come back. Yeah. So, you mentioned uh, Nathan getting that car car wreck Mm -hmm. after leaving the party, and that was because he was dropping Haley off. Mm-hmm. After they had a long talk by the beach. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh... Percolation. The hat is in the back seat. Who is fixing the car? Fixing the car? That would be Lucas. Yep. Who does not want Nathan to be hanging out with Haley? Not his main bitch. Lucas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So main it just be- becomes one of those things where he finds the hat and he's like, oh, shit, I knew Haley was sneaking around behind my back hanging out with this guy. And he comes into the, the coffee shop or wherever she's working and she's been getting up and his business about him like being weird around her. He's like, "Hey, I think maybe our I, what's going on between us? You'd like tell me everything, right?" First off, with that, that was one of those when I saw that scene, a classic like this feels like a trick. Yeah, moment. it was a classic. Feels like a trick. Moment. He walked into that coffee shop and he goes like, "Hey, so." We're always honest with each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, he was yeah, setting the trap for. Her. And she's like, he's she's like, yeah, of course, we're always honest. And he's like, so we would tell each other everything, right? <laughs> and I was just thinking, like, oh my god, Haley, like, I've been in Haley's shoes in that so many times where like I'm getting asked something and I'm like, it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking like. Okay, clearly I've done something. I'm not aware what, but like I can tell by the way that you're asking this question that like this is a trick. This feels like a trick and a trap. So how about instead of playing this fucked out game, how about you just tell me what it is? Just let's just bypass the whole 30 seconds where you do that weird tone of like, Brian, and just tell me what it is you're mad about. So, Haley does not take that advice, no. and she falls right into the trap, and she says, of course, we could be honest about anything. Then, Lucas? Clip. You left this baby's car. After that, fucking burn. Lucas drops the hat on the counter and walks the fuck out. Smolder, he's smoldering his fucking eyes off. He drops that green fucking no brim bowler hat, whatever it's called, and just like bounces. And it was like classic awesome. Um, I did write down here though, in terms of those, this is a trick questions. For some reason, and this is probably just because I'm coming off of watching like all those Ted Bundy documentaries that were on Netflix. I just kept thinking about like how would conversations go with Ted Bundy and his girlfriend? And so I, I just wrote down we should play this out of you be Ted Bundy. Easy. AKA Haley. And I'm going to be fucking Ted Bundy's girlfriend, a.k.a. Lucas. So, 
You just, you come home, like, really fucking late at, like, 3 a.m., and I've been waiting up for you. Clearly, I've already murdered, like, 13 yeah. women that night. Yeah, so okay. you come home, and you're just, like, sweaty and, like, out of breath. Okay, go. Where have you been? Oh, no, I was just out, uh, out on a jog, you know, out in the at woods. At 3 in the morning? Yeah, I just couldn't sleep, you know? It's pitch black outside. But you know how I like to jog, just sometimes at night. We're always honest with each other, right? Oh, yeah. No, no. Yeah, exactly. Are That's we? what our relationship's built on. It's just honesty. Trust and honesty. Exactly. I trust you. Then let me ask you, do you trust me to ask you an honest question? Do you trust me to give you an honest answer? Yeah, and I trust me to then give you an honest answer in response to that honest answer. And then do you trust me to know that you'll believe what I say? First, let me ask you, do you trust me when I ask you an honest question of why is there a bunch of duct tape and rope and like uh, handcuffs and bloody gloves in the trunk of your car? I mean, the duct tape's easy. You know, when I jog, I got sensitive nips. <laughs> so I put those over oh, there. Oh, no, I do know that about you. So okay, you, duct tape is taken you, care of. What about the rope? The rope, um, that one's a little trickier. Um, you know, I like, I got the rope because when I'm, uh, you know, done jogging, I like to kind of tie things up, you know, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, and the bloody gloves, black gloves. I murdered like seven <laughs> women tonight. I'm sorry. I went to a college and I just, I blacked out and I rampaged through the <laughs> college dormitory. I'm sorry. I trust that you'll forgive me. <laughs> I had like seven more that I was going to ask you about that I wrote down. Like, I was going to ask you about all the mutilation porn that you have under the bed that we share together. <laughs> I was going to oh, ask you. I was going to tell you about that. <laughs> and then I was going to ask you about the Kappa Delta panties that are, stuck in, that are stuffed into your sock drawer. What are those, Tad? Oh, you know, you know I love the delts. Why are there panties in your drawer? Those aren't yours? There's three... There's a Kappa Delta symbol. Oh, the, what, the Greek letters. Were, were and they're Greek, covered Greek? in cum and blood. Oh, uh, well, that's <laughs> that's probably de it's definitely my cum. I'm I'm assuming it's my blood as well because I don't. <laughs> it's not like I just killed a bunch of Ted, women. The I other believe week. you. I believe you. I'm glad we had this honest chat. Thank you. So Thanks glad. Let's continue me. this honest dialogue and relationship. Yeah, so, um, anyways, that was way off topic. Kind of on topic, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, episode five. Should we dig in? Let's do it. This is where I end and you begin. Um, I want to start this off with a clip that ties to my MCITW. So, this clip, here it is. Here we go! Brayden, let's go. Wait, hold on. Peyton, you got the arms wrong. It's not brain surgery, Brooke. Okay, what's with the attitude? What's with your life? Seriously, aren't you embarrassed that the most important thing in your world is some stupid cheer? Look, I'm really sorry things didn't work out with you and Nathan, but don't call Mariah on me, okay? You think this is about Nathan? <laughs> You're not even close. You're not even in the neighborhood of close. Okay, then what's wrong? What's wrong is how pointless all of this is. Stop saying No, that. because it's true. What difference does it make if you sleep with the popular guy or you go to the right party or you know the moves to some moronic cheer to do at some lame-ass game? I 
could care less about. I just a quick question before I get into her being my MCITW winner this week is who's more woke? Peyton, Jim Carrey, or Ricky Williams? <laughs> like I, I mean, to be honest, I I like you're so predictable at this point that I knew you were gonna make me compare the <laughs> to, to Ricky Williams to Peyton. I just knew you were gonna do it. Right. Star so NFL I, running back. <laughs> I have an answer prepared, obviously. Okay. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Peyton on this. She is it's... 16 and a half years old. <sighs> She's in high school, and she is on the cusp of figuring out life. It's such. She an... sees through the BS that is high school. <laughs> God. Much like Ricky Williams sees through the BS that is professional sports. But Peyton's the only one who's getting to this existential woke sober like not on drugs of any kind so with that peyton the m-c-i-t-w this week the marissa cooper is the worst of the week that is brought to you by wicklow wear w-i-c-k-l-o-w wear be free and explore get all your outdoor gear at wicklowwear.com type in the promo code vl check out get 10 percent off your order rvl swag 30 dollars each get it goes to peyton this week and honestly this one was tough because i mean it's been well documented by this podcaster mm-hmm. sitting here, this mm-hmm. podcast studio, that I fucking love Peyton and her curls hard. Yeah. I Big time. Love I, fest. I think you yelled, they're so unruly at the TV screen tonight. That, yeah. I, honestly, I just <laughs> I kept thinking that when I was watching it, like, God, those curls are unruly. Like, they, they just, like, they're fighting everything to, like, you know, all the ruliness. Mm-hmm. And they're just being so unruly and naughty on her head. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to get I don't want to get caught up again. I'm not giving her praise this week. I'm giving her the MCITW bad week for her, dude. Like, yes, she's Jim Carrey now at 55. How crazy he is! And Ricky Williams, like, all fucked up on drugs. She is out of control. I, another like, is there anything worse than dating someone like Peyton? No, that would be exhausting. It looks so exhausting. So let me ask you, what what would be worse? Dating Peyton. I'm not talking about a hookup. Because obviously hooking up with her would be amazing. What, with the curly hair? Oh, yeah. I don't even think I could hook up with her if she had straightened her hair. What would be worse? Dating, from your perspective, dating Peyton or dating Marissa Cooper? Ah, dating Marissa Cooper, dude. Easily for me. Okay, good. Like, then like, I don't need to change like Peyton this. Is, Peyton's definitely angsty, for sure. Oh, yeah. And she's got her issues. But, like, she's still, like, a reasonable human person. Like, like she's a human person. Okay, so... She, she's relatable on a human being level, where I feel like Marissa is just, like... You couldn't even connect with her because no. she doesn't understand why you would be upset about certain things that she does. Yeah, Marissa, Whereas Pey- like Peyton might do something like shitty, and then like apologize for it right afterwards. Whereas Marissa would make you go through like ten different laps of like, "Hey, um, that's upsetting." She'd yeah, like, Marissa. Why, why Marissa would you be upset by that? And you'd be like, "Because it hurt my feelings." And she's like, "Well, why would you hurt? 
Yeah. Where Mar- Marissa had no clear understanding of how consequences for actions work. Whereas Peyton does at least get that. Yeah. No, it's so true. And I'm, I'm glad that you say that because thankfully I don't have to change that to the PSITW. Yeah, it doesn't the have the same flow. I get to keep it as MCITW, so I'm glad about that. So Peyton, unfortunately, and I hate to say this to your curls, <sighs> Be Free and Explore, brought to you by Wicklow, where Peyton, you let us down this week. Bad showing from you. All right, should we get into Whitey? You ready to get into this guy now? Let's get into Whitey as deeply as those cigars that he's not smoking are getting into him. <laughs> yeah, so let's just start off by by asking the question, why Whitey always has an unlit cigar with him? You're shaking your head, and I think that's because you are confused and you don't know why. He loves cigars. He's always sniffing them and walking around with them. They tied it to some loose bullshit with his wife that I he was droning on about, and honestly, I wasn't paying attention. I was pretty checked out for that, but what we do know is, I don't know if it's for health reasons or what, he no longer smokes them. No, and both of us are convinced that he just sticks them up his butthole and then sniffs them when he's done. Yeah, that's pretty much the only conclusion that could be drawn. It's the only conclusion we came to. I mean, after you still watching. probably get a pretty decent buzz off that, like a suppository buzz. Oh yeah, like you know, you say like, oh, you dip a tampon in vodka and stick it up your butt, and it get well. If it doesn't kill you, it makes you blacked out drunk. Same with like butt chugging beers. Yeah, Whitey's just butt chugging cigars. Yeah, I mean, a membrane's a membrane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean that's science. So, Whitey got, I I just wrote down, the only thing I wrote down here on Whitey is, he has been given, in four episodes, five episodes now, he has been given more shots than any side character I have ever seen. They're forcing him on us. Dude, I've never seen anyone get more chances and then just have the guy... The actor just dropped the ball more. Like, Whitey, fuck off out of my life, you idiot. It'd be like if they tried to make Don Atwood a stable character in the OC. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Don Atwood, they realized after her one casino episode, episode three of season one of the OC, they realized, Don Atwood, you didn't work. Sorry, lady. Pack your bags, bitch. Get out of here. Get out. Like, why is Whitey continuing to be shoved down our fucking throats? Like, because... It's gotta be because they they were counting on that character being critical. Dude. And if he was a good actor, and if he was anywhere near charismatic enough to, like, carry those scenes, those would be critical scenes. But it's just so fucking bad. They're trying to make him this, like, sage, inspirational old man of wisdom and it's like honestly the only time i think and when i see him is like this is a senile old man that needs to be put into a nursing home and like all of his family is gone now and so there's no one to like force his hand on it but like where is the tree hill community where is the fucking tree hill society and community to like all get together sit this old senile man down who's blabbing on about nonsense and be like hey guy like it's your time man i feel like dan scott 
should be like trying to make a power play to push him out of the head coach position and take over. Oh, that's interesting. Right? As the as like force him out to be Nathan's coach? Yeah. Yeah. He should. Where where where's Dan at? Like where are you at, Dan? I mean fuck. As much as Dan sucks, I guarantee he could be a better coach than Whitey. No doubt. Whitey's doing no coaching. He's just giving weird inspirational lines every time they're out there where it's just like Dude, Whitey, like, how about you give us, like, some X's and O's on, like, what we should, like, what play should we run, dude? They're basically, their offense revolves around, instead of, like, running the triangle or some other offense, it's basically Nathan trying to not pass the ball to Lucas. Yeah. Or having the other teammates not pass the ball to Lucas. That's their strategy. I mean, honestly, we just saw this when everyone in the Warriors got hurt in the playoffs, but, like... I don't know why every team just just doesn't do a box and one on Whitey's terrible offense on Nathan. Lock him down. Like if if Lucas is gonna beat you, like I feel like fine, I'll live with that. But like I'm not letting Nathan get his like 28 points a game. Anyways, yeah, Whitey fucking sucks, dude. Um. Okay. Should we just should we go to the father son game? End it on that. Yeah, let's do it. So we talked about this, but father son game. That's invented for this show? I I guess. I've never heard of it. It's completely invented for the show. Well, father-son, we were saying, it can work if your kids are, like, in grade school. Yeah. But, like, a father-son game against the varsity high school basketball team, it just, how does that logistically work? All the dads dads will be between the ages of 40 and 50. Maybe older. Maybe older. The, The kids... Um, the, who they're playing against are not only the best athletes at their high school, but they're in peak physical condition because yeah. they're like 17, 18 years old. They're fully and through puberty. Fully through puberty, and they practice basketball every day. Yeah, it, the father-son game was like the worst idea we've ever seen. It would just be a massacre. It was so dumb. With like at least three or four ACL tears. That's what we were saying. We were like... I still play basketball every week, and I'm 31 now. And, like, every time I go out there, there's a little bit of an injury. And, like, every time I walk away, I'm just glad, like, didn't tear my ACL. Yeah. Because it's I just can't imagine now, especially, like, imagine if you're, like, 35 or, you know, late 30s and you have multiple kids or whatever, and you're still playing basketball, like I hopefully probably will, knock on wood. And then you just, like... You come home and you're like, hey, honey. Yeah, I tore my ACL. Again. <laughs> Again. Because I'm still playing basketball. Um, so, like, I know this weekend we were supposed to, like, go car shopping for a new car. And I had to do, like, all the yard work and, like, mulch everything. I'll be in surgery. So. Oh, and, like, our kids, like, one son has, like, a game out of town and then our daughter, like, I gotta do stuff with her too, obviously. Sorry. The last time I played basketball, unfortunately, was like a year ago. I uh, had a very good time. Played as hard as I could for like 10 straight games, it seemed. Where was this? I think it was at the gym for your oh, bachelor Oh, that was party. like two and a half years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Not a year ago. I... <laughs> so it's a two and a half years since you laced up. Laced them up. Had a blast playing. The next two straight days after it, not only were the soles of my feet completely <laughs> shredded, but my hips hurt. 
like yeah. the core and frame of my entire hip socket was sore. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't imagine adding 15 years onto my life and then running against like actual high school kids. So that, I mean, that was probably magnified a little bit because if you're only playing every like three years, that's definitely going to be a fact. Like you're going to have that. I need to get back into playing shape. Let's just yeah. say that. I need to get you back out on the hardwood. I still play every week, but that's not to diminish what you're saying because what happens now is it's not like that excruciating pain of like my hips just feeling like they don't work. <laughs> it's more like the next day, every like third time I play, I'm just confused because I'm like, why is my ankle so sore? I did nothing to it. I literally, I didn't sprain it. I didn't twist it. There was no, there's no reason for my right ankle to be really sore today. But for some reason, it just is. Must have been a cut I made at some point. <laughs> I just went too hard for one play. Yeah. So anyways, um, this father-son game. Keith's gearing up to play for it because Keith has got to play to be Lucas's dad. Yeah. So, yeah, backing up a quick step, we think this whole father-son game was invented for the show to highlight the fact that Lucas doesn't have a dad. Oh, yeah. More bastard shaming. Yeah. <laughs> for Lucas Snow, So dude. much bastard shaming. <laughs> Fucking Lucas Snow getting the most bastard shaming <laughs> I've ever seen in history. Um, so yeah, they have this fortuitous bastard shaming father-son basketball game for Lucas. And, um, so he decides like Keith is my quote unquote real dad, not my fake dad like Dan is. So Keith is going to like practice once and, um, on the river court with Lucas to get ready for it. He laces up his Timberlands. (laughs) He's literally playing basketball in work boots. Yeah, just describe um, his attire. Because he also is wearing, like, he's wearing, first of all, I have to reiterate, Timberland work boots. (laughs) And he's wearing, like, a hooded sweatshirt, and then he's also got a gray bandana tied around his head. He looks like, I forget the actor who plays him, the, uh... The older brother from the Goonies. Oh, I don't know. It's who, a famous actor. Um, Corey Feldman? No, it's their older brother. Damn it. It's the only actor I know from the Goonies. Let's fucking Google it. It's worth it. While you're Googling that, um, I will tell you that this actor, the real actor that plays Keith Scott, fun fact. Oh, you're talking about Craig Sheffer? Yeah. Fun fact. He's actually an athlete, dude. Really? Maybe you remember him from a little movie from 93 called The Program? Never saw that? that <laughs> he is the... Damn, that's a great movie. Fucking um, Omar, um, Omar Epps is in that movie, and Halle Berry, and James Caan. I'm going to have to watch it it's a It's a super underrated movie about like all the... Um, the behind the scenes, like under the table, shitty stuff going on in college football, like major division one college football, like kids getting paid, um, steroid stuff. Like there's all these things going on and he's the Heisman quarterback of the Eastern State University Timberwolves, (laughs) Joe Kane. And he's got skills? Yeah, he's a Heisman quarterback candidate. Yeah, he's got skills. Uh, by by the, way, the way, Josh Brolin. 
That's who I was. Oh, he's in that? He's the older brother in the Goonies. Brolin? Brolin. And he's dressed like uh, Keith Scott playing basketball. Josh Brolin is now playing Thanos. Josh Brolin, huge A-lister now. By the way, have you seen No Country for Old Men yet? Yeah, he's in it. Remember when you just refused to watch that movie for like five straight years? Okay, a couple things. One, on that movie with Josh, Josh Brolin, No Country for Old Men, why, I guess it was an artistic thing, but when they had, jo- spoiler alert, kids, when they had Josh Brolin die, they just didn't show his death. He was a massive main character in that story. I actually just listened to a podcast that was like a deep dive on that movie. So it was like Ironically artist- enough, it was like an artistic choice. Where it was, so it was just like, his life is so fucking cheap that just who cares? Oh, like just death will just get you and then moving on. Yeah, it was so crazy because he was like one of the main two characters and then they died. They didn't he died. They didn't even show his death. And then it was just like the aftermath of him dead in this like nondescript motel room. Yeah, crazy. Um, Second thing I want to say, though, about the program is that. Oh, how crazy is it about when you see like old movies back like from the 90s or whatever and. They just didn't, they couldn't, they didn't get the rights from like the NCAA for like any teams. It's just some random. Eastern State University? Where the fuck would that be? Immediately, I'm having to work so hard to suspend my disbelief. Right, yeah, it's like if... if Oh yeah, you know Eastern State? Huge deal. Oh, instead of the NCAA, it's like the AIAA, and you're just like, what? What the fuck? Um, okay, so, sorry, back to this um, father-son basketball game. It had to be right, this m- had to be, like, in the throes of when the And One mixtape was happening. Dude. They had, had three separate moves. They did the ball up the shirt, mm-hmm. like, classic hot sauce move. Classic. They did the, like, literally, I don't know if this was in the mixtape, but it was very clearly an NBA Street, the video game. Where you're dribbling, and then you just roll on the ground. Barrel roll. Yeah, you barrel roll, and somehow don't travel and have the ball. Yeah. But all the kids are showing up. All the kids are just showing up, and, and just like, this is how I would assume it would They're go. clowning on the dads. They're clowning on the dads, because they're up like 50 points, rightly so. These kids are, like we said, peak, prime, physical shape of their whole life. Whole adult lives. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, what's crazy in this game is it, it just becomes very apparent that Dan... is taking pretty serious. Oh yeah, he is. So at like the half, he goes in and they're, the dads are down like 30 points and the kids are clowning on him or whatever. And he goes in and he like gets in. Everyone's having fun, joking around. It's for charity. Dan goes in, he gets into Nathan's face and he has this clip. Here it is. Enemy approaching. That's right, enemy approaching. You gonna bring your best game or what? You're down by 30, Dad. No, I'm talking to you. You bring your best game, I'll bring mine, and then we'll see. We'll see what? We'll see who's the best. Or maybe you'd rather not know. Hey, come on, relax, little brother. This isn't your place, Keith. Well, it's not your place either, Dan. It's their game now. We should be proud they're so good. (laughs) Like you had anything to do with it. And walk away, Danny. Let's see what you got. 
Dan's out of control. Dan is officially out of control. He is... (laughs) He's so far off the reservation. He... He's an insane person. Yeah, so... Right now... He has no idea how... Like, he's so concerned with his self-image, but he has no idea that he's just walking around constantly embarrassing himself. (laughs) Like, I just... Dan is out of control, and... They just make this decision. So the the kids, they're up like 50 points in the second half. And Dan in that clip has made this declaration that like, it's on between him and his son, his real son, Nathan. And so um, then the scorekeepers just like go, okay, score zero, zero. Next basket wins. Obviously the kids, you know, they're up 50 points. So now it's all for charity. It's fun. Next basket wins. And... Nathan has the ball and he goes in for a game winning shot and Dan takes him out like it was a flagrant too for sure. He would have been ejected. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was a body slam. It was like a Shaq body slam to his son. Catches the ball in the wing. He drives. That's what the young man's okay. Egregious foul. Uh takes him out. Um, everyone's just like, whoa, dude, like Dan, like we get you're competitive, dude, but like, take it down a notch guy. Fuck. They get the ball. Now he's in Nathan's head. Nathan, then he goes to try and score again, just dribbles off his fucking foot. Claims that he did it on purpose, which that's a lie. That was a lie. That was a lie. Dan was officially in his head. Um, Dan then gets the ball. It's for the game winning shot. He's backing down his son, his real son, Nathan. They're having like a back and forth. And then Nathan, for like the first time in the show, we see him have a spine with his dad and he just like backs off. Would you say he pulled the chair? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Nice veteran move. But Dan was facing him. So like the thing with pulling the chair is you're getting back down and you step away and the guy falls backward. But like Dan had squared up with him and in the post. Very NBA move. And uh, Nathan just stepped back and he's like, I'll let you have it. This is this important to you, Dad? This meaningless charity basketball game? Go ahead. You can have it. Have the shot. Then Dan just takes it. He just takes it. And then afterwards, like Dan's sitting there like, yeah, fuck you, son. And then Nathan's just like... Indeed, you never will. You know what? I think he took his dad's own advice from that riveting story his dad told about losing the state championship on purpose. <laughs> yeah. He took that to heart and then he just let, you know, he gave up and let his dad win. It's like, I showed you, dad. Yeah, here, here, dad. There you go. I'm going to follow in your footsteps and be a quitter. No, but I really think that that was very cool because it was like Nathan saying, Dad, you're an angry guy inside. Real angry. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You beating me in this meaningless charity bas- father-son basketball game, this is not going to all of a sudden like turn around the shit going inside of you. Like You are angry inside, and no amount of you scoring this game-winning basket is going to change that. So here, have the win, but guess what? You're still going to be a loser in life. 
Yeah, it was a solid move. It was a solid move. I liked it. I, I gotta say, there's a lot going on with Nathan now where he's starting to come around slightly on me. Like, they're, they're still having all of the bullying stuff and all that with, like, Lucas. But they're starting to, like, mix in. Like, the stuff with Haley, where we're starting yeah, and to see... A, and at least there's, like, a really good reason behind why he's such a, uh, a bully. And it's such his a dad. Jerk. He's a terrible boyfriend. Yeah. He's so cruel to, like, kids that he doesn't like. It's just because his dad. Yeah, he's a product of his dad's shittiness. So I think they're now, it's starting to change our minds of being, like, this guy's an evil guy, Nathan, into, like, oh, I think he might have some redeeming qualities. As soon as he gets out of his dad's shit shadow, he might be good to go. Poop shadow? Poop shadow. All right. MVP, who you got? Keith Scott. Timberlands and all? Timberlands. I mean, obviously, the Timberlands put him over the top. <laughs> him, like, playing a full game of basketball wearing Timberland boots. It's got to be tough. Like, that alone could have gotten him the MVP. <laughs> but I just thought he put up a quality two episodes. The... The first time we see him was after Lucas has that thing with a car and he like brings it into the shop and Keith like still makes sure he gets repercussions and lets Lucas know like this is not how you handle this stuff. Yeah. But he also gets him out of the jam and then he lets Nathan's parents know what happened. So Nathan still gets like not off scot-free. Like, (laughs) Keith Scott. Pun intended? Scott Free. <laughs> Keith Scott is in this episode trying to bring order to Tree Hill. Trying to like bring some repercussions into the whole situation. Consequences for actions in this yes. fucked up town. Thank God. The mom's in. She's given some consequences. Keith Scott's in. MVP given some consequences. Also, pseudo dad this episode. Steps in as the pseudo dad for Lucas. Great father figure, mentor, a couple sweet scenes with them. And also. There's this critical moment when they're in the locker room, and you mentioned it earlier, but Dan Scott comes in and starts bullying his son in front of the whole team in the locker room. Yeah, Being like two attempts at halftime. And then he steps up to him and just gets him to like leave. Fuck off. And blow off steam, and the whole team's just like, uh, this is really awkward. Yeah. Steps in with a very well-timed joke. Comic relief. Comic relief, and gets all the tension out of the room so it's like nathan's like yeah. oh this is how like a real man operates my dad is my dad but he's a psychopath like this guy is kind of who i should start to look up to yeah mvp key scott can i just say one quick thing on key scott because i don't want it to be overlooked we now found out in this episode that he was in the delivery room when lucas was born with karen yeah he's the uncle how is he never had sex with Lucas's mom? I think for that exact same reason. What the fuck, dude? I, I just, I'm so confused why this guy has just decided that he is going to become He friendzoed himself. God, dude. It just blows my mind. Okay, let me ask you now. You've never seen this show. Do you think we are on a path of Keith and Lucas's mom eventually hooking up in the show? That's a really good question. I have no idea. What what would you I guess? Would, I'm leaning towards certain moments. I'm leaning towards absolutely. And then other moments, I'm like, oh, there's no way. It would just be too weird. If you had to just, you had to settle on one answer. Gun to my head? Gun to your head. 
Are they going to hook up in this show or not? Yes. Okay. Now, in real life, what's the answer? If they have not had sex by now. Zero percent. That they will ever have sex. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's just... Let's just keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on that. Good stuff out of you. And before you take your little hiatus, your little break, um, enjoy your break. I sure will. Honeymoon break. We will see you when you get back. And the kids will see you when they get back. But for tonight, the kids, they are going to tuck on in. They're going to sleep tight. And Pat? Clear eyes. Full hearts. Do less, kids. Do it less. You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured. <laughs>